Hey y'all, thank you for joining me. My name is John Newby. This is John 2020 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb Podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about Dennis Prager. I believe that the majority of my podcast listeners are conservative, so like myself, so I'm, I'm banking on that you know who Dennis Prager is and what he does with Prager U. So PragerU, if you don't know, PragerU, you can just go to YouTube or go online and search PragerU. It's a conservative outlet that uh, expresses conservative values over a variety of topics. And this dude here named Dennis Prager, he's the one who runs it. And he's the owner, if you will. Very smart guy. He speaks a bunch of languages, obviously English and Hebrew, which you're going to hear him use some here. In a second, uh, French, Russian, dude's dude's sharp, okay? And I'm bringing this up because he's on an interview with Matt Fraud. Matt Fraud is a uh, Catholic guy who I like a lot. He's on YouTube, and it's uh, he's got a show called Pints with Aquinas. It's a channel, and he interviews all types of people on there, including us Protestants. And uh, he's you know he, he's a fair guy. That's why I like him. But uh. He's got this guy on here, Dennis, and us conservative Christians, we like other conservative people, Jordan Peterson to be one, and we like Dennis Prager and Ben Shapiro. Now, what do all those guys have in common? Well, none of them are professing born-again Christians, okay? Orthodox Jews and you know, Jordan Peterson is some type of theist, per se. But this is why the scripture tells us that we're supposed to get our knowledge and wisdom from the scripture. From Proverbs and from the writings of Paul. And when we allow this liberalism, even though it's marinated to a certain degree or covered with conservative thinking and speakers, we allow it into our church, we allow it into our thinking, we allow it into the way we raise a family, we allow it... Uh, you know, allow it into our theology, then that becomes the poison. As smart and as cool as all these guys are, they still don't publicly profess Jesus Christ as Lord God and Savior. They still don't publicly profess that He paid for our sins and that the Bible is the inherent Word of God, Old and New Testament. So, you got to be careful bringing these people in into your, to the way you think and the way you try to decipher truth and values and ethics and morals. To me, these people can be more dangerous, could be more dangerous than Muslim or Jehovah's Witness or anybody like that. And that's because you can take them into your heart and intertwine them with your beliefs when you know like like a wolf in sheep's clothing I'm trying to find a different way to say that because as y'all know I've pretty good, I'm a pretty big Jordan Peterson fan I mean I've seen him in concert or lecture if you want to call it that dude's a stud no doubt he's an intellectual giant we have to also recognize that they're not part of of the flock. They are not under the shepherd 
they are not under, they have not bowed the knee to Jesus. Okay? So now let's get on to the topic. The topic is pornography. Pornography. And you're going to hear you know, a, a Judeo perspective, a perspective of a conservative and someone who tries to uphold to certain morals and ethics and beliefs that almost sound like ours, but they, but he's definitely off. And you're going to see why that this stuff can be dangerous because you can have Bible-believing Christians. It could be a Catholic-like fraud over here. It could be a Protestant like me or you or Orthodox. I don't care. You can have any of those types of beliefs and you can have him come in and you start aligning with his thoughts and values because he agrees with you on transgender or abortion or um, you know whatever political belief system you have that's conservative, right-leaning, you know, police brutality or Islam, all these things, the, the government overreach, high taxes, the wars over in, uh, you know, in Russia and Ukraine, you're going to probably align with him if you're conservative on almost everything. So then you're, by deductive reason, you're like, hey, maybe this also I align with him as well. He's, he's right on everything else. No, that's not the litmus test. Litmus test isn't what I think I align with him. The litmus test is what does the scripture say? Okay, so now let's go ahead and get to, to some of this here. So I'll tell you who they are whenever they're talking so you can figure it out. But the pornography thing, right? Well, that was. That How did was, that go uh, when you discussed it with Father Dave? I, I, well, you'll have. How the, the this guy speaking right now is, uh, Prager. To ask the people there, I mean, I, I can only judge it from my perspective. I thought. It so he's so Matt Fraud's asking him about a controversial take that he had with him and Jordan Peterson and others when they were going over Exodus and they were talking about. You know, sexualization of our culture and pornography and whatnot. And so Prager's going to explain it here in a second. Here we go. It went terrific. When I, when I saw that clip of you right. on Exodus, I mm -hmm. got the sense that you were a bit sidelined. Oh, totally. I, and I, as I, somebody who has a talk show, I wish that I could go back and rephrase well, things that's correct. or add that some is nuance exactly, to well, them. I wrote a letter. I hope you saw it. And um, uh, it was the last thing I imagined being asked at an Exodus course right. with, with Jordan Peterson and a bunch of scholars whom I adored, by the way. Uh, nevertheless, I, I I should have, uh, I wish I had phrased it better. It, it, it is what it is, and I phrased it better tonight without being untrue to myself. Right. And uh, what I did not, see, a big part of the problem, I, uh, f should I review this for your uh, watchers, listeners? Review? Review what happened sure. so that they'll understand sure, what, yeah, please. what we're talking about. So I, uh, the Daily Wire asked me to join uh, Jordan Peterson, or Jordan Peterson asked me to join, or both of them asked, because uh, he's doing uh, the book of, did the book of Exodus. There were, I believe, 16 sessions of 90 minutes each. It's a lot, a lot of time, with no commercials. How, how many days did you film this in? Eight, oh, eight, eight. Eight days. Yes, eight days each time in, in Miami. And uh, it, it was wonderful. I loved it. So what arose at one time, and I I had even forgotten about this. It was it was five minutes out of let's see what is uh, sixteen times an hour and a half twenty four hours. So it's five minutes out of twenty four hours. Hmm. And what happened was 
I don't even remember how the issue arose, but I, I mentioned that there that there is a Jewish Christian difference with regard to Jesus' statement that a man who lusts after another woman has committed adultery with his heart. So notice, by the way, that he's saying that everyone's talking about this five minutes when me and Jordan Peterson and others are doing this massive dive into the book of Exodus. It's 24 hours or whatever, bunch of time, all this philosophy and intellectual thought being put into it. It's going to be an awesome presentation. And what's captivated everybody over all this is this five-minute conversation that I had being asked a question about you know, pornography or sexual morality, which he's about to speak here in a second. He's going to give the Jewish Christian perspective or Jewish versus Christian perspective. This is the entirety of the whole point. That is the point. That's how powerful and um, overtaking this is, pornography is. And he's going to brush it off as if it's nothing unless you're actually doing the deed yourself. And I'm, I don't mean to give you a spoiler alert, but that's, that's what he's going to basically say here in a moment. That it doesn't matter if you think it. That's the difference between Judeo... Judaism and Christianity. and But that's why Jesus fulfilled the law. We're going to go more in depth on that here in a second. Let me go ahead and continue. That a, a, that phrase does not appear, obviously, in the Hebrew Bible. But B, that the general Jewish view, and I say general because I can't speak for, for all Jews, even though I try to be normative, uh, is that uh, you can only commit adultery with and I said this in the video, and I and I purposely said I'm not trying at all to be cute right. in any way. You can only commit adultery with one organ, and it is not the heart. Okay, so this is what Jesus meant by when he said fulfill the law. Now, obviously, he doesn't uh, believe that Jesus Christ is um, who he says he is, and he's not a follower of Jesus. So. He's going to set his own standard, and he's going to set his standard on what he thinks the, what the Torah and Tanakh teach about morals and ethics based upon what Judaism says about it today. Okay? But uh, this is what Jesus meant, though, when he said he didn't come to destroy the law, but fulfill the law. He made the law harder. He upped it. So, for instance, instead of saying, I shall not kill, or, or you don't, don't kill your neighbor... Jesus said, not only should you not kill your neighbor, but you should also love your neighbor. Not, should you not only not sleep with your neighbor's wife, have sex with your neighbor's wife, you should also not even think about having sex with your neighbor's wife. Both. Both. And Jesus, this is how Jesus upped and fulfilled the law. And this is obviously rejected by him. Let's hit continue. Judaism is very uh, behavior-based. Christianity uh, is more, not, it's not that it's not behavior-based, but it is equally, if not more, uh, thought, inner self, heart-based. So, for example, there's a phrase in Hebrew that I learned very early in my yeshiva. Incorrect. It's both for us. It's both. It's not either or, Mr. F Mr. Prager. It's both. We don't want to behaviorally hurt our neighbor. 
or behaviorally have sex with our neighbor's wife. And we're commanded to also not think about having sex with our neighbor's wife. It's both. It's not either or. Even education. Uh, I'll say it in Hebrew for, so that people will know I didn't make it up. said <laughs> is not the thought that counts. That no, not that counts. That is the essence, but the deed. Right. Judaism is very behaviorist, and I am very behaviorist. So, for example, and I mentioned this to the to at, at Franciscan, uh, I've said on the radio very often. I don't care if you like Jews. I don't care if you dislike Jews. I prefer you like Jews, but. There are a lot of Jews I don't like. I mean, it's just a little silly to say I like a whole group. I don't, there's right. no whole group I like. There's no whole group I dislike. Mm -hmm. But in any event, I don't care if you dislike Jews. I care how you treat Jews. And, and, and that, that is, uh, uh, it, it goes to the, to the essence. How is he not making the connection? I agree, with, I agree with that. But I also care on how you think about Jews as well. Or other people. Black, white, Hispanic, don't matter. Because how you think and internalize feelings and emotions is going to determine if it's going to manifest itself as well. So if you always think about sleeping with your secretary, somebody listening to this podcast, say you own a business, okay? You're 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 a stud muffin, okay? Handsome guy. You got some young secretary in there, and you could be married or not because it doesn't matter. Not necessarily because it's still a sin. Any sex out of the marriage is a sin. But let's say you're married and you commit adultery against your wife, or say you're not married, you're still you're still committing adultery. Still a sin. But anyways, say your young oh, secretary's flirting with you all the time, and you continue to think about taking her and um, taking advantage of her, or bringing into your office and things like that after hours. You over and over all you you fixate on it. It's going to cause you. To act it out. It's like premeditated crime. As y'all know, I'm a cop. This goes with premeditation. So, would this, would Mr. Prager be okay with a person just plotting out to shoot up a school, draw up maps and um, foot traffic of students, and where the uh, school resource officer is, and where the, the, the teachers go to lunch at and had all these maps and, and pictures and photographs and everything else. This thought crime. He's thinking about doing it. He's thinking about doing it. But he hasn't actually done it yet. So would that be consistent with him? How can you not make the correlation to thinking about things is going to evidently result to actions? If you think... if you think about hurting Jewish people, or you think about hurting black people, or you think about hurting white people, you think about hurting animals all the time. So if a kid was coloring pictures of mutilating animals, ain't nobody gonna throw up a red flag? Ain't nobody gonna throw up a red flag? Come on, man. This is simple. This, to me, is a man who is justifying his pornography addiction or his sexual thought addiction some type of sexual immorality he is justifying it by saying he doesn't act it out maybe he goes to a bunch of strip clubs maybe he maybe he's uh you know watches Pornhub all day that's he's to me he's justifying it because he's not sleeping with another woman 
He's just watching another woman on a video or at a strip club or something like that. But it's going to get much worse here in a second. And this is what we talk about with the slippery slope. Of what my belief is. I want right. to know how you act. Both. The, the, the left does this all the time. Oh, you treat gays beautifully. Uh, like in my case, I am, I am, my wife and I are godparents to a gay couple's children. But the fact that I'm against a same-sex marriage, that makes me a hater. Mm -hmm. So how I treat gay, gays is irrelevant. It's, it's what See, this is why he's smart and sharp. Because now he's bringing in the Christian perspective, which is, is that we would still be there for a gay couple, per se, as to like show them love and compassion, but also be against their lifestyle. See how he just switched it? Very smart. This is how you sell something. You got to be careful and you got to listen to that though. That is a wolf in sheep's clothing. That is what, that's how you pull the wool over someone's eyes. Because I know we've all had to, if you're listening to my podcast, you're more likely a very strong conservative Christian, as I said earlier. And I'm sure you've had, you're probably out more outspoken than the average Christian. You probably read your Bible more. You probably go to church more. You're probably a little more aggressive. I don't know if you like that word or not, but whatever. You're more proactive. How about that? So you've probably been in more conversations and you had to explain this to people. People know that you wear your Christianity on your sleeve and they bring up homosexuality. You've had to bring this up. Yeah, well, uh, I love... Uh, hate the sinner or love the sinner hate the sin right and that's what he's doing here so now he's completely switched it from a th that thinking about it is not okay to well look you got this in common with me very smart what I think but I see it uh, th this bothers me that your thoughts can be regarded as a demerit but see but you see it bothers me like you're the ultimate authority Mr. Prager, like you're the ultimate authority. All right, I'm going to move to another part here of this of this conversation. One second. All right, I fast forwarded. If you're going to watch this uh, conversation between them two, I'm about to round the uh, 11 minute mark, so I'll hit play. And, that, and you'll say, "Well, I have a different relationship with the baseball player," but you're, you're right. Sex is its own its own world. I don't like to romanticize sex. Sex Fair is enough. sex is, is, is many many things. Sometimes it's love. Sometimes it's just pure sex. When it's pure sex and not just love, there is an element of objectification. Uh, I'm I'm crazy about her legs. I, I, is that a statement of love? What do you mean? You don't love legs. Well, he, what do you mean by? Oh, but see, he, now again, this is where he's inconsistent. Being crazy about legs or being crazy about your wife's legs. Being crazy about breasts or being crazy about your wife's breasts. If you're a lady listening to this, being crazy about your uh, hairy chest and muscles and broad shoulders or being crazy about your husband's broad chest and muscles and shoulders and hairy whatever chest you get me that's the difference he's conflating the two he's saying one is the same as the other when it's not at first they're talking about a husband and a wife for sex 
or for lust, then he jumps to objectifying and then he compares it just to objectifying a body part. When that's fine, you can be obsessed with your wife's breasts. Have you re read Song of Solomon? This guy's supposed to be Jewish. It's in the Old Testament. I'm sure he's read it. Or if he has, and why he's not bringing it up. This is pretty simple. I mean, even read even read the, the woman's perspective in Psalm of Solomon, where she talks about her husband's thighs as thick as cedar trees or whatever, and her and he talks about her breasts being like coconuts on a just go read it. But they're a married couple. So it's not the same. It's your wife. And that is the beauty of marriage. That is the power of marriage. That is the power of, of God bringing two to one. You can lust for your husband or lust for your wife. That was God's first commandment. Be fruitful and multiply. That was the first commandment. To continue... I love, right? So I would say Aristotle and Aquinas would say that to love is to will the good of the other for their sake. So Correct. I don't will That's my fine. wife's good for my sake. It's not like I say, honey, I really need you to go to CrossFit so I can lust after you. Well, well, what, what, but if but, I want her to get healthy for her sake, then this is love. But so if, I would she, say, if she says to you, honey, there's a certain thing that you could do for me sexually that will really turn me on. Mm -hmm. And it may not really turn you on. Are you being objectivized? Or are you doing uh, it because you love her and because she wants well, it? Well, first of all, she's asked a question in which I presumably am free to decline. As she, oh, right. if she's so not she's, free to decline, th that's coercion. Right. Well, uh, it depends on what the sexual act is, Mr. Prager. So, is the sexual act to bring other men into the bedroom? Is the sexual act for her to bring her her uh, friend over, another woman in, uh, you know, an orgy or some type of uh, threesome? It, what is it? Is it, uh, is it bringing pornography in the bedroom? Is it watching pornography together and is any of that what she's asking is it godly or not see so it goes back to the standard it goes back to the standard is the standard what the scripture says or is the standard on what i can just whatever my heart desires he's trying to find inconsistency with the heart um having to line up with with the scripture he's trying to find some type of consistent or, or, or from the perspective from the new testament i should say He's trying to find inconsistency there, but he can't. I don't know. You know, I like Matt. He's not catching this, though. And, you know, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the tool shed. He's got to be able to see this. All right? So continue. And there's no room for right, that. So there is a justification. Uh, so she's asking me a question, which I'm free to decline. Right. So, not... so, honey, would you put on this uh, sexy outfit for me? Mm -hmm. Are you okay Nothing with that? Nothing wrong with that. Me? Yeah. Bloody hell, that's a question I didn't expect you to ask Well, me. you opened it up. <laughs> uh, I would not be okay with that. That's interesting. I don't think. Even in the bedroom. It's not that I'd be morally opposed to it. It's just that I'd feel uncomfortable with it. Well, my view is that the more comfort the, the couple has, the better the relationship. I think that's right, so long as comfort doesn't lead to what I would consider to be sexually perverse acts. Well, why like is it sexually perverse to, to, to wear a, a sexy outfit? It's not, and that's why I said I'm not morally opposed to it. But if oh, you're okay. saying so your discomfort the, is personal. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, that's not an area I, I need to get into. One thing I would love you to get into, because you did say this in the email, is 
you think that the widespread proliferation oh, of pornography beyond. is destroying teenagers? Help people hear this side yes. of what... Well, uh, I, I, give an, I gave an example tonight. So I'm very friendly with a young woman. She's 23. Very, very close to her. Uh, pe people could guess who it is because I do a podcast with her. Okay. So she is so open, God bless her. I don't think she would object to my, to my telling this story. In fact, maybe it was even discussed on one of our podcasts. We're very, very open. <laughs> so she uh, was on a date, mm -hmm. and they were both attracted. It was not the first date, and they kissed. That's all they did. They kissed. And in the midst of the kiss, he, he grabbed her neck oh, like this. And even me, Mr. Open, was taken aback. And, and so was she. To her credit, she... When she took his hand away, she said either then or, or later that evening or later another time, why did you do that? And he, to his credit, was open enough to say, I thought you would like it. That's what I see on yeah. the Internet. That's a bad... Now, here's... I know that was a good minute long of trying to, trying to speed this up here, but I wanted you to hear the context of this. This is what... This is how men are starting to learn how to treat women. They're not learning how to treat women from the scripture. They're not learning how to treat women from the father or from uh, you know their pastor. They're learning it from porn. That's where they're learning it from, and they're learning it from you know they they see a bad written porn scene, and that's how they think. To grab a woman's attention is just you know grab her like that. Now, there are some women who do like that, but that needs to be discussed between you and your wife. Okay, but uh, but yeah, on a first date, going to that is obviously not what you do. Obviously not. If a woman does allow you to do that on the first date, then she's definitely not a proverb a proverbs woman, is she? So it's probably time to move on. Okay thing that that's that's the number of young uh, men who learn about women through porn and not real life is a very scary thing that has developed so uh, i am i am as worried as you are about the pornification of society when i answered the question that jordan peterson asked which came out of nowhere i'm not blaming him in the least it was a sure. perfectly legit question but it came out of nowhere i was thinking still in the way i have always defined it as playboy magazine that to me that was porn uh the, the oh so okay so <laughs> that's okay though that's not as bad as what he's getting at it's just it's not as um aggressive with its content uh, but that's that's how it starts, though, Dennis. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. So, like for instance, if as a police officer we track people through, or we see we see behaviors that lead to certain future behaviors. Maybe track sounds too uh, big brother. Okay, so forgive me for that one. But we see behaviors early on that lead to other behaviors that become more, you know. Uh, against against the law like for instance a kid will steal from his friend then he'll 
steal from a gas station. Then he'll steal from maybe a grocery store or an outlet mall. And then he slowly works himself up to a bank. It's a progressive thing. This is how it works. You bring in feminism. You bring in uh, you know, types of ideologies and, and free-spirited and all that hippie stuff that happened in the 60s and 70s. You bring it in slowly. The sexualization of women. And then it comes, you know, obviously with Hugh Hefner and Playboy. And it's just, you know, it's just a little topless. And it's got sports writing with it. It's got politics writing with it. it was, it's a magazine. It's you. It's good read. and it's But it also has, you know, 20 pictures of, of naked women in there. And then it slowly goes into more hardcore stuff, like stuff you have today. Where it would show everything. Playboy shows everything, but not quite everything. And you know what I'm talking about. And that's how that's how it goes. So I don't know why he's mind blown over this. This is this is simple stuff. Stuff that is out there now is not what I think of when I'm asked the question. And and so uh, I did say this to the father tonight. And I'm sure it shocked everybody there. <laughs> Did you ask it? No, keep going. I'll and, make, and, and, make a bad joke. You'll get, you'll get a, a charge out of this uh, intellectually. It'll blow your mind, I think. So my dad was an Orthodox Jew, modern okay. Orthodox, admittedly, yep. but Orthodox. Did, never drove on the Sabbath, never ate a non-kosher food, wore a yarmulke in the house, sent the kids to yeshiva. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the real deal. Uh, he was the president of, of the Kingsway Jewish Center, still exists, an Orthodox synagogue in Brooklyn, New York. And he subscribed to Playboy, which shocks uh, Jews as well as non-Jews, to be honest. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, we're going to end this part of this segment of the podcast with him right here so you can understand what basically just happened. Did you, did you catch it? So, he listed all the works and deeds and behaviors that his dad did, which was awesome. Right? how he maintained and, and did all these laws and rules and stuff from the Torah and Tanakh but he still subscribed to Playboy even though Jews deny the Messiah how can anyone in their right mind think that the head rabbi the head Jew the head Jewish leader of this community should be subscribed to Playboy but to them and to some Jews I guess liked it some didn't if you found out your pastor was subscribed to Playboy, what would you think? If you found out your pastor was subscribed to a pornography site, what would you think? That's a, that's the type of context you need to look at it. All right, now we're going to go to the end of this conversation, and they're starting to talk about what is evil and whatnot. And this is where it gets pretty juicy. All right, here we go. You're opposed to that, but you're okay with a man looking at one naked woman, let's say. Yes, or, or uh, they weren't even naked then. They, they, they were covered in, in, in their privates. Right. But but you're opposed to them looking at anything that might be arousing. You're. What if a woman is wearing a, a regular... Uh, what if a man is turned on, which every man is, by an attractive woman in, in a nice dress? Let That's a turn on. So, no, 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 please answer. I will. So, is that bad I'm gonna with his wife? I'm going to answer, but let me unfold this a little bit. I think 
pornography can sometimes be a difficult thing to define. I would say, and let me see if I can redefine it for you, material that depicts <laughs> something that's intended to sexually arouse or replace replace a prostitute. I mean, the word pornography comes from two Greek words, pornograph pain, which means the writing or the drawing of the prostitutes. It's meant to serve an erotic function. And what so if I, the, but what if the eroticism is then is then so I'm okay looking at, with the wife I'm okay looking at breasts and I'm okay looking at bums and I if you go to the Sistine Chapel you'll see that Catholics are perfectly comfortable with nudity but I think that nudity can be presented in a way that upholds and expresses the dignity of the person so I could say okay I could look at that and marvel at God's creation and the beauty of woman and the beauty of okay. man but I think I could also look at a lingerie catalog and in my mind treat this person as a mere object so I would say uh, that in one aspect I'm okay looking at breasts let's say Sistine Chapel but in another sense, if I'm looking at a lingerie catalogue with the intention of lusting, that that wouldn't be okay. What if I'm looking at the... So Matt brings up an interesting point, which I think deserves more conversation, maybe for another podcast. Is So, for instance, when Michelangelo's David, his, the, you know, the statue, he's completely nude, right? We're okay with that, right? I am. It's not sexualizing David. So... It is about intent per se on how things are displayed, or when it shows like a, you know, a chubby naked angel baby shooting a heart, you know, an arrow. That's got a naked baby up there, right? But is it trying to show you know, child pornography? Is it trying to show things like that? No, it's not. It's not. So it's 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 a fair point. It can be a gray line, I agree, to a certain extent. Which leads us to, well, what is evil or not? Is it evil? What is evil? And this is where the podcast, this conversation gets the best, right here. All right, here we go. He said something like, I don't really care if you have racist thoughts. I care about how you act. That's right. I said that to the group tonight. I don't care if people dislike Jews. I care how they right. treat us. But if my son or daughter... I know you're right. I would tell the same right. to my child. Right. If my child said, I don't right. like this group. But I think this is yes. what our Lord Jesus Christ is doing, in which he's saying, your righteousness has to, has to pass out of the Pharisees. It's not enough that you uh, don't murder... You should not want to. It's not enough that you don't and commit adultery. You should not right, say but yes. fuel the flame so, uh, that, so lead, here, that could right, lead to I, that. I, I, I happen to think it's a good thing not to want to murder. I, I subscribe to that. Uh, but uh, there's a very interesting Hebrew phrase. I'm translating from the Hebrew, so it'll be a bit awkward. In, in the place that a penitent stands, the most righteous person doesn't stand. And I extrapolate from that, that if you have bad thoughts and don't act on them, you're on a higher moral plane than the guy who never has a bad thought. I don't get any credit for not molesting children. I, I'm as interested in children sexually as I am in bananas or, or, or peach trees. Okay, it, 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 So I get no credit for not molesting a child. But the sick dude who does want to and doesn't, mm -hmm. he gets a lot of credit. So, speaking of pedophilia, uh, suppose a man says, I view animated child porn. 
So there's no real victim in that sense right. of child pornography, which we both agree is horrendous. And by viewing animated child porn, it prevents me from acting out sexually on a child. Now, I, I deny that. I think that pornography inflames us to then want to act those fantasies out, and I think there's good studies that back that up. But surely you wouldn't say to the man who views animated child pornography, that's not bad. So Matt kind of puts him in a tough spot here. Asking him basically, is anime child porn okay? Because it's not acting it out. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with, you know, some type of deep fake um, scene where it's got children having sex with adults and a guy, you know, watching that? Are you okay with that? Because it's not acting it out. He's not acting it out. I mean, Agreed. okay, well, that's big. Yeah. We're both thrilled <laughs> that he might have a poor substitute, but it is a substitute. If that were the case, no child is being. Ah, 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 he's close. Poor sub. Why not give the best substitute? And that's repentance. And that's changing one's life. Turning over a new leaf. Giving your life to Christ. Going by His standard. He is the Creator. I understand, Dennis. You deny the Messiah. I understand. You need to repent. You need to turn to Christ. That is the substitute. Being used. Yeah. It's all animated. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he uh, would you would you use the word evil of animated child pornography? Because no, I, I certainly can't, I, would. I can't, no, I would use evil only with behavior. That's where we might differ. Yeah. Forgetting the sex issue, you can't be evil. You didn't do evil if you thought evil. You if, did if evil I'm if I'm masturbating to animated pictures of pornography, I'm not doing something evil. That's correct. Yeah, I think that's I think that's despicable. Yeah, yeah really? Yes, yeah. of course. Who is being hurt? You have to have a victim. Oh, I'll tell you, there's at least two people being hurt. There's the person... Well, one of them is, you know, your body's supposed to be a temple for the Holy Spirit. Masturbating to animated pictures of children is against the Spirit of God and against the image of God which you were created of. This is what I'm talking about, y'all, when it comes to people like Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager... And Jordan Peterson, they have certain beliefs that we align with, but they don't fall under Christ completely. You can't be fooled by this stuff. You can't let it change your perspective. Get him, Matt. Matt's doing a good job here. Person who's poisoning himself by yes, encouraging yes, him to right. think I acting want, out on okay. children, and there's also so wait, the animator. Okay, wait a minute. We both we both are aching for him not to have those fantasies. I agree with you, but I but I, you won't call it evil. I, I won't call a fantasy evil. Yeah. I, I, there's too much real evil on earth for me to start being preoccupied with people's thinking. It's not just thinking; it's him masturbating to images yes, he's, of okay, children. What, okay, so that the the real question about the whole pornography issue is not pornography; it's masturbation. There is a Catholic tradition, I disagree. and there and I think it's both. I think both masturbation is evil, but I think pornography okay, is. Okay, so I don't think evil, masturbation is evil. Okay, okay. That, that's. And by the way, I admit that within Orthodox Judaism, there is uh, uh, when I was a counselor at Orthodox Jewish camp, 
the kids were told by some of their rabbis that masturbation is like murder. And th there was that, there was well, also that, no, no, th th there's a statement well, like that. I certainly that. wouldn't make that statement. Okay, I, I do. So, there it boils down to. Masturbation, by the way, you want my opinion, is not wrong if you do it with your wife. Wife. Ladies, do it with your husband. Do it with your husband. That's my position. I'm pretty sure it's biblical. You can have and enjoy your wife and husband. Right? So, yeah, there it is. You see what happens? I'll wait until the end. If you've listened to this entire podcast, I appreciate it. I'll wait until the end so you can hear how absurd it gets once you follow this line of thinking that it doesn't, that there's no such thing as, you know, thought crime or anything like that, or it doesn't lead to other things. There it is. So now, for him to be consistent, for Prager to be consistent, he has to say that it's not, that it's not wrong or not evil or not sinful for a man to masturbate to pictures of children if the pictures are anime or fake. There it is. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.